When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back, the Wolves of Ball Street. Welcome to the Draft Dack NBA Draft Podcast. I am Corey Tulliba, and I am here as always with my co-host Albert Gim. Albert. How we doing today, buddy? Oh man, it's a good day. It's a good day. Um, RJ Barrett is playing for the Canadian national team right now, and he is popping off. And so I'm in a pretty damn good mood. Um, other than that, <laughs> I, dude, this is going to be a good pod. I can feel it just because. Um, I think this is a guy that a lot of people love. I, I'm actually Corey. I don't even think you and I have talked about him yet, but um, I, I'm excited to get into Cam Thomas, man. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Cam is a uh, a polarizing figure on the internet, um, but we're going to try to break him down as nuanced as possible. So let's get right into the six foot four, two hundred and ten pound guard um, out of LSU, Cam Thomas. Uh, Cam does not have a wingspan that I found on the internet, and he pulled out of the combine activities. Spurning draft theorist to theorize that he has received a promise somewhere in the first round, um, which makes sense to me. So Cam averaged 23 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 1.7 turnovers, 0.9 steals. Uh, He had shooting splits of 41% from the field, 33% from three and 88% from the free throw line. That's a beautiful number. Uh, That is a 55% true shooting percentage. So not outrageous efficiency, um, which is going to be a theme, I believe, for this podcast. Now, the thing about Cam Thomas, he had 22 games of 20-plus points as a freshman. He averaged over 30 points as a senior at Oak Hill. Basically, what we're saying is that he was put on this earth for one thing and one thing only. And that was to grace us with buckets. This dude can score the shit out of the rock. Let's get into some preseason rankings before we get into the breakdown. Preseason, Bleacher Report, he was not ranked. Now they only do their top 30, so he was outside the top 30. ESPN had him at 32. SB Nation, also not ranked. Currently. Bleacher Report has him at 22. ESPN, in their latest mock that they released, uh, I believe, earlier today, 25. SB Nation has him at 22, and The Ringer had him at 18. So, Cam Thomas, despite how um, up and down, I guess, his season was perception-wise, did help himself out 
during this season and uh, bumped up his stock from an average price of 32 to an average price of 22. So a, uh, a 10 spot jump. So Albert, I ask you, is Cam Thomas stock priced too high, too low, or is Cam priced just right? Um, hmm. you, you, the average price is what? 22 now, which is that's pretty good. 22. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty fair. I, I'm starting to feel like that'll be the range that he gets drafted at 22. That sounds about right. Somewhere around that. Right. I mean, we, if the average is 22, um, yeah, we're going to talk about his warts. We're going to talk about, um, his, his strengths, but 22 sounds about right. Considering, I mean, you went over the numbers, but the guy averaged 23 points a game as a freshman at LSU, 40% from the field, 32 from three. And you and I, Corey, we love the free throw numbers, 88% from the free throw line on a good amount of attempts. And so I I think 22 sounds about right. And there are some teams that are sitting right in that range that are going to be really interested in Cam Thomas. And we could definitely see him go around that range for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cam is really hard, man. I, you know, it's, you start breaking down all these prospects and, and you're like, all right, Cam, I could drop him lower and lower and lower. And then uh, you revisit Cam's tape, and I'm just like, is 22 too low? You know, like I, I, especially, you know, kind of because of how I perceive, you know, my, my, and theorize and how I rate prospects. Like I, we just did uh, Josh Christopher and I think he's a lottery talent. Um, And we'll get into a little bit of, of comparisons in a little bit, but uh, something about 22 feels too low to me because I think if one thing is apparent, right, it's that he's going to score. I mean, he broke uh, the, I think he broke like a bunch of scoring records as a freshman. I believe he broke Malik Monk's uh, record of most 25 point games by a freshman. He had over 10, I believe. I mean, that is, that's a scorer. He is a legit offensive option. Um, I mean, his bag is never ending. I mean, it, it goes on for days. His footwork is ridiculous. His skill level as, as a scorer is obscene. And I just feel like at his age, like he's a professional scorer. I, I it feels, it feels low to me. Um, because I, I, you, you got to know that some people that are taken ahead of them, they're just not going to live up to what we perceive their skill set. And I just can't see Cam not being a scorer in the league. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, I, I 100% agree. I think, as you mentioned, I mean, we're going to get into the uh, comparisons later, but I do want to shout out um, Hawk, Hawks Draft, Simon. On Twitter, he's consistently compared Cam Thomas to Bradley Beal. And I think for me, you know, as I was watching him, obviously, I mean, you know, none of these comparisons are ever going to be one for ones, but I can see why he keeps bringing up Bradley Beal, because as you mentioned, the the shot making is real, but also just like the sheer confidence that he had as a freshman 
to just walk into yeah. that situation and be like, oh, I'm going to take all these shots and I'm going to hit them and none of you guys are going to stop me. Like, we're going to talk about more about his game, but the range on his jump shot, I mean, are you kidding me? He's going to walk into the NBA and he's yeah. going to be like, oh, I, I don't care Logo. where the... Yeah. He's like, I don't care where the three-point line is. I'm going to nail these every single time. And so that's that. The shot, I mean, him, the separation stuff that he does, the intensity, his finishing around the rim, it, it's unbelievable, Corey. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm 100% with you. And also, Corey, I was thinking this. I think, I think something that's changed with me in terms of how I'm evaluating these guys now is, and maybe everyone should be thinking this way, but can this guy play in the fourth quarter of a game seven in the NBA playoffs it is kind of how I'm looking at all these guys now. And the one thing that I know for a fact is that Cam Thomas, I think in my humble opinion is definitely going to be able to play in those situations. And that's why he's, he's going to get taken pretty high. I, I don't know if he's going to go in the lottery, but I, th- someone's going to take a bet on him pretty high and he's going to be pretty damn good for all the reasons that we're going to talk about. Yeah, he's he's definitely got the skill level to match up at the end of a, a close game, at, you know, at least you know a few years in the league, and not feel intimidated, not feel like he doesn't belong. That like you mentioned that confidence, that's real. You mentioned the range. Uh, he consistently knocked down dribble jumpers from the logo. Now, one of the things, and I love this now about court design. Some of these logos are gigantic. So when you say logo range, I think, uh, you know, it's a little different than some of the stuff that you saw, like you see like Dame do consistently, like some of these logos are just completely oversized, but still he's got logo range. And the thing about him as, as a, a shooter, as a scorer is that he rises up and he'll shoot it no matter how covered that he actually is. And, and this leads to both insanely positive and some negative moments, right? That's there's the the good and the bad um, with Cam in, in his shots. But he, you mentioned the the space creation. It's an absurd amount of space that he hits you with with step backs, and he can hit the step back going to his left. He could hit that little side step, kind of that that side uh, the step back going right. It's it's against college defenders. I mean, it's a treacherous move. I, it's he it's like four feet of space that he gets off this step back. So um, with that said, you know, he falls in love with it a little bit. And again, it's like the, the positives and the negatives, the yin and the yang it's, he creates all this space, but like sometimes like, I just don't want to see him shoot that step back. It's the shots that he could get at any point in the offense. He's, you know, like the, the early shot clock step backs is something that I'd like to see less of. Um, because again, like those are, I want to see those as bailout shots, right? I want to see those mm-hmm. as the offense is stagnated and now we are giving it to Cam Thomas to go get a bucket because the shot clock is running low. I don't want to see him taking those and the offense stagnated because he has the ball and he's trying to get to a step back and there's a difference there. And I think that's one of the reasons that we're not necessarily looking at him as uh, a lottery talent, you know? But, you know, I'm watching him and he's just, he's a handful from so many different spots on the floor. You know, like we look at these scorers and how do, how do they get to their spots? And like Cam's spot is everywhere, but where I really liked him. Um, and, you know, I don't think this is a, something he's going to get to do 
a whole lot of early on, but like at the elbow, you know, um, it's almost th- those like Devin Booker vibes at the elbow where he's just like jab, step, jab, step, create space, rise up, bury the jumper in your eye. You know, you bite on it. Now he can get to the rim and um, it's, it's all craft. It's all skill. And one of the other things I think that we've learned a lot about these playoffs is like, you know, uh, I, I like guys who are skilled. I like guys that are able to play actual basketball and not just like super crazy run and jump athletes that I don't know what their skill level is going to develop to. Um, so like he was, he, Cam shot 64% at the rim uh, mm-hmm. and he did it with craft and, and skill. Like he's not a run and jump bouncy springy guy. Like, I, you know, he, he only had a, a handful of dunks on the year, but he still is able to get to the rim and finish. And then when he doesn't finish, he shot almost eight free throws a game. And that like Sharif Cooper, like you can't discount the amount of free throw attempts that this kid's get that, that is a tremendously, tremendously valuable skill in if you're trying to look forward and be like, how is he going to be an efficient scorer in the NBA Um, and shooting 88% on almost eight attempts a game. Like I I was impressed with Sharif Cooper shooting 80% given his three point percentage on over eight attempts a game. But when you're up at at 87, 88 and then above 90, there is a different level of shooter that you have hit that it's almost impossible to fail as a shooter at that point. We've seen guys who are going to shoot 80% from the free throw line, but they're never going to crack above like 34, 35%. They're going to be inconsistent and their shooting gravity is different because um, you know, you could leave them a little bit and they're shooting this on like catch and shoot jumpers, um, not like dribble jumpers, right? There's a different thing, but when you're 88% of the line, you are a shooter shooter, you know? So like, you know, we're, we're big on the free throw shooting as, as a translator, but there's a different level when you're 88% at the line. Typically you're able to shoot it in a number of ways, not just set and uh, you know, off movement, whatever, like you could just shoot it in every which way and off the dribbles, one of them. And um, you know, that's cam's thing. Now, some of the bad, right? He's not a playmaker and he doesn't try to be. And, you know, you see that kind of show up in some of the percentages, like, for this guy that we praised his shot making ability so much, why is it that he has a 55% true shooting percentage was just okay. And he shot 41% from the field and 33% from three. We said that he finished 64% on close twos. Right. And he averaged 23 points. So his percentages are, are bad. And it's because he shot 210 far twos those shots that like NBA teams are trying to eliminate, you know, like um, that volume of that shot profile will not fly at the NBA level. Now, maybe you say, well, that's if an NBA team's not going to let him shoot those and his efficiency is going to bump up and right away, you're going to see a higher value. Um, and maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but you know, mm. I, you want to see a better shot profile and you want to see him try to get other guys involved. Um, you know, at least I do. Now, to his credit, and shout out to uh, Hoop Kesey, uh, hat tip to him, Cam really doesn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, according to uh, who Kesey, Cam had the second lowest turnover percentage and the third highest usage percentage in this draft class. So that's a big positive in that, like, at least he's not giving the ball up with as much as he has it in his hands. But then you go back to some of the shots he's taking and those long twos and you go, all right, well, maybe sometimes that's as good <laughs> as a turnover, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, because uh, he really only passes as like a last option. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. he dribbles in uh, a help defender comes over and it's like, all right, where's the nearest guy? And he's not even like drawing help over and, and, taking advantage and, you know, hitting guys at the hoop, hitting the corner shooters. He's just kind of moving the ball to the closest person. So uh, mm-hmm. to me, um, that's something that is going to be a significant battle for him. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. I-, I asked you this, like if cam doesn't improve his shot selection, like what is he in the NBA? Well, okay. So <laughs> I kind of wanted to go back. You said a lot there. So I wanted to go back um, to what you said before. Um, I think one of the reasons why I'm so high on Cam, I I think one of the reasons why I'm so high on Cam is because when we look at prospects now, especially wings and guards, we talk so much about three-level scoring and we're hoping that all these guys can become three-level scorers. The reason why Cam Thomas is so special to me is that he walks into the league already as like, oh, I'm... I can be a, a three level score from day one, which is really rare because we, once again, we talk about all these kids and we're hoping and praying that they'll develop and they'll get in the right system and they'll get the right coaching and then become three level scores. But Cam Thomas is already pretty much a three level score. We just mentioned he can shoot from the logo. He loves shooting from out there. He, can shoot from the mid range. He can attack the rim and did a really great job at that. Um, something that I did want to highlight from your um, breakdown video of him from like, this is like back in the winter, I think you're yeah. pretty early on, on cam and you're saying how he freaking loves to step back. And I agree. <laughs> you like, you see it, the guy, it's like, it's like when you're playing like 2k or FIFA or whatever, and you're like pretty new to the game and you like learn this one new move, like whether it be the spin move or whatever, and you just keep spamming the hell out of the move. That's yeah. kind of cam Tom is right now, but Corey, the one thing I did want to kind of say as like a as a caveat to that is that he can he was really reliant on it in college. But the reason why I don't hate that is because that means he has that in his bag. Like, of course, he's going to learn other moves and he's going to grow in different areas. But the fact that he has that in his arsenal and he's like, okay, this isn't something that I'm going to need to kind of grow into. I already have this. And then he's going to add on top of that game. That's exciting, right? Like I, I was yeah. just I was just watching um Canada play Greece and RJ, he continues to add things to his offensive arsenal, right? Cam Thomas is gonna walk in and he's gonna already have like five or six of the things that RJ Barrett's working on right now. And RJ Barrett had an unbelievable sophomore season. And so for me, um, so that that's kind of where I wanted to start. And then you were talking about the whole tunnel vision thing. And that's real, dude. It, it His tunnel vision is serious. Um, but I do wonder if part of it was like his situation and him being at LSU and wanting to, you know, be that go-to guy and that score. And I 100% agree with you. A lot of his passes were like, okay, they, they're throwing three guys at me. So I'll just dump it to who's open right next to me. Uh, I'm going to attack the rim. And there's like a seven foot giant, like breathing that down my le- neck. Let me try to pass it off to somebody. I agree with that. But then... I was watching, um, I think it was Rafael Barlow. Shouts to him, NBA Draft Junkies, right? Did I have that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, shout out Rafael. And um, Rafael was talking about how, like, yeah, like, that's true, but also he did show a little bit of playmaking. Like, it's not completely out of his system uh, where, you know, maybe in a different situation he'll improve upon that. Like, 
Okay, so the funny thing is, Corey, you had you you you. So this isn't like a spoiler, but you wanted us to do Cam Thomas this week and Alper and Sangoon. Cam Thomas is like Next not time. even yeah. not even twenty percent the passer that Sangoon is. Sangoon is freaking unreal. No. And we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about him this week. But like, so I was like watching both guys the last like week plus and thinking like, holy crap! Like Cam Thomas has a long way to go as a passer. Um, he's nowhere near Sangoon, but it's like, I'm okay with it. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I really think his scoring is such a plus that eventually as he like, if he increases like 10 to 20% as a passer, that might be more than enough for what his role is going to be, which is another interesting thing to think about, right? Like on the next level, are we going to ask him to be, or is a team going to ask him to be a six man? Let's imagine the Knicks draft Cam Thomas with number 19 or 21. He comes in, he'll just be on the second unit with Derrick Rose, right? And they'll come in, Derrick Rose will create, Cam Thomas will create, and they'll create that shot creation and that offensive production that we were really lacking um, against the Hawks in the first round. And so um, I, I think, wow, I don't want to say that. So I think his floor is a really potent, nasty six man. And I think his ceiling is like a bona fide, a bona fide scoring option in the starting lineup is kind of, I think where my head is going right now. Yeah. So like, yeah, agreed, uh, agreed. And you know, to his playmaking credit. Um, and again, I, I'm only going to go so far with it because you know, he, I, he had more turnovers and assists and we just uh, <laughs> mentioned how, <laughs> we we just mentioned how he doesn't really turn the ball over all that much. So that lead, you know, uh, tells you all you need to know about it, how willing of a passer he is um, as well. But, you know, look, and most guys who show flashes show it in transition. He had, he made better reads in transition than, than in the half court. Uh, it's more freewheeling. There's more space. Uh, it's easier to make, the impressive reads to the corner and this and that in transition. So maybe there could be something there if you try to look at it like, all right, well, the NBA, even in the half court, has more space than anything you're ever going to see in college. Um, so maybe you're hoping, all right, he can make basic reads that at least are going to lend itself to his teammates not hating him because he's a ball stopper. But like, you know, give, going back to your example um, of him like coming off the bench with the Knicks, like, I almost feel like, and, and you said high end, and quickly is going to get way better. And I think quickly could be a starter in the league. But like quickly was like a microwave guy, you know. Like there were days where he just didn't have it, right? And that's a he's a rookie, so I, you know, I'd imagine if, if he continued to come off the bench for the rest of his career, and and I think that he's going to be a starter. But let's just for fun say that he came off the bench. I think he would bring more consistency to that than he did as a rookie. But I look at Cam and I'm like, I don't know. He might not be a microwave scorer. He might just be a guy who came in much like Derrick Rose did. Like Derrick Rose consistently played like a starter. He just came off of the bench, right? And I feel like when you say six man, I almost feel like Cam's floor as a six man is not as like that microwave scorer. Like he has it or or he doesn't. It's actually just being an extension of the starting lineup. So to me, and and again, like if that's your floor, I, I feel like, 22 where his his stock price is set at i feel like that's incredible value there and a team should probably buy him at a little higher price if if they can uh now you know maybe not too much higher this is a deep draft there's a lot of good players where it's going to be really fun to see how the board falls but um 
if that's your floor, you know, that's that's impressive. Now, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention, because you, you talked about three level scoring, there are a lot of good three level scoring shooting guards in this draft, right? And, you know, I, I'm not going to include Jalen Green in this conversation because I think Jalen is in a tier of his own um, as far as talent, athleticism, like just the whole package. Jalen's in, in a tier of his own. But, like, how do you rank Cam Thomas, Josh Christopher, and James Booknight? Because I feel like there's a path for for each of them in their own ways. And they're all a little bit different in their strengths and their weaknesses. But they're, I think, three highly talented, three-level scorers potentially in the league. So, like, how do you rank those guys on a board? And what do you value more than the next skill? Right? Because, you know, and we, we covered Book Night, but he's a guy that is getting a lot of buzz. Um after the, the draft combine and I think ESPN put him at uh, eight. So he moved, you know, into the top 10 recently right. um, helping his draft stock. So like it, how much more valuable is book night and what is it about book night versus cam Thomas um, that makes you have him so much higher than cam. See, I, I think um, that that's really interesting. First off, I do want to say uh, for our listeners out there, uh, Corey's been giving me homework and he uh, really wants me to put together a big board. So that's something that, um, you know, I'm going to accept from uh, Professor Tullaba here and I'm, I'm workshopping and working <laughs> on it right now. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. You bring up Book Night. You brought up what was the other name you brought up? Book Night and um, Josh, Josh Christopher, Christopher, right? Also, another name to throw in there is Keon. Right, right. Another name to throw in there's Keon Johnson. They're all they're all pretty much the same height. Um, they're all, yep. <laughs> you know, I, I think the interesting yep. thing though with Book Night is I think Book Night showed a little bit more playmaking. Um, and I think like people look at Big Book Night and the 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 athletic explosiveness that he has to go along yeah. with um, you know, the scoring ability. I think that's kind of where they people are putting Book Night on a slightly higher level. Um, but I think the Cam Thomas, Josh Christopher comparisons interesting too. I think just right now, I think at this moment, I think Cam Johnson is like a level better as a shooter, uh, in my opinion. Um, I think that's the reason why people have Cam Thomas a little bit higher. But you know, people can feel differently. And and, the, and I and I last mentioned Keon Johnson. Like for me, I, you and I, are, I think, are on the same page on this. I can't understand the Keon Johnson top ten. Like that, that I just don't, I can't wrap my head around anymore just because I, I would never do that. I would absolutely never do that. If I was a GM in the top 10, I wouldn't even look at Keon Johnson right now with the names that we're talking about right there. Also, Moses Moody, another name that we just did a couple weeks ago. Like we have all of these shooting guards that yeah. have already have nice arsenals and good floors offensively. And then you, you talk about Keon Johnson and Something that I really agreed with, I think it was Chad Ford who said, I don't, it might have been Chad Ford, it might have been somebody else, but they were saying how, like, yeah, he put up a 48 invert, inch vertical, but when the hell did we see that in the games? You know, like, when was Hollinger when do we, it. oh, Hollinger, okay. It was, I think it was Hollinger, but yeah, it's, you know, that's cool and that's nice, but when did we see that actually in action? You know, and I really agree with that. Like, other than a couple highlights in the SEC tournament, I was like, okay, where, when else did we see Keon using that vertical verticality to dominate games or, you know, shift games? And so I think the reason why, just going back to your question, I think Book Knight is on a, in, in, in the top 10 tier right now because 
of the playmaking, the athleticism, the shot making, all that. And then Cam Thomas and the other guys are probably, you know, a level lower. But I know you're really high on Christopher. So I think it, it is interesting to go Christopher against Cam Thomas. I think for me, I just like Thomas better as a shooter is what I would say. Yeah, well, I mean, Cam Thomas is clearly a better shooter. And although I like Book Knight's form better than Cam's, like Cam, his shots went in more. <laughs> you know, like Book Knight, <laughs> Book Knight, like aesthetically, like a, a lot of times it looks picture perfect. And Cam's got very good form too. I don't want to say like Cam has like weird form or anything. He's got very good form too. Um, but Book Knight, like his follow, it's just everything's so pretty. And he showed it off in, you know, the combine pro day and, you know, it's scripted, whatever. I don't, don't take too much from it. Um, but like, that's the thing. Like Cam, outside of the shot selection, like the shot making was more impressive than either of those two guys. Um, I think, you know, one of the things with Christopher, and I, I guess we can, um, we'll get into it in a little bit, is like Christopher competes, I think, a little bit more defensively than Cam does. Um, so that's why, you know, I th- that's kind of an interesting comparison. Uh, Book Knight, uh, Book Knight competes too. He plays defense and, you know, we did a whole episode on him, but a lot of it is like, he's so overzealous all the time and he's just like constantly uh, off ball, like getting lost uh, in the wrong spots a lot of times. And and it's way better to be like putting a lot of effort in being overzealous than to just not caring at all. So it's not like something I'm super worried about long-term. Um, but yeah, th- it's funny. Cause they're all, they're all very similar. Like Keon, he's another one of those, um, you know, guards, but like people look at him differently. I think, you know, people look at him as like this guy, you know, you referred to it as uh Tasmanian devil energy, like just who could wreak havoc defensively, but he also brings that Tasmanian devil energy elsewhere. And, you know, it's not always the best. Uh, and we've been, you know, even before I think uh, people started slowly losing um, and dropping Keon down a little bit, although he hasn't really dropped all that far um, despite how athletic, you know, uh, or because of how athletic he is. But, you know, we were like, we want basketball players. And it's, I think something that is something we've talked about a lot. And I don't know if Keon is a huge basketball player right now. And like, maybe he could be like totally possible. I would be scared if I was a GM to take that bet uh, until it got to a point of the draft where it was just like overwhelmingly apparent, like this is the guy he's just, he has too many tools um, and nobody else has, you know, higher upside or a higher floor, but I, I would be scared to take him in the top 10 as well. I would be scared to take him in the lottery given a, a lot of the talent. Um, and I, I know spring is your guy, but <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I think he's the most overrated prospect on the internet right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um now one of the things one of the things i like about book night um is that i look at him a little bit differently also because he feels a lot to me like he could be jamal murray where he does a lot of coming off screens a lot of motion he could play i like i hope that he goes to a spot where he plays off ball a lot so like can Cam play off ball at the NBA level? Like, can he thrive there? Is he like, I know that he's going to be a shot maker off ball, but is he going to be a guy that is like constantly running to the right spots? Is he going to, 
you know, is he going to be able to come off movement or is he just going to kind of hang around unless he has the ball in his hands? What do you, what do you think he, about his off ball projection at the NBA level? So for me, Corey, it's, it's, it's crazy. You're just a mind reader. I can't believe you just brought that up because I was looking at my notes right now. I realized we we're kind of just going off the dome and I wasn't really going off my notes. And I realized that I wrote here really enjoyed his work rate off of the ball to get open. It was one of the notes that I wrote while watching LSU play. And, Right there. That's the answer to, to your question. I think like the thing that I loved about Cam Thomas is he is the absolute embodiment of what we imagine as a bucket. We throw that around a lot, right? On NBA Twitter, when we're watching guys, when we're just, you know, shooting the shit about basketball, like, oh, that guy's a bucket. Yep. Like for me, the reason why I love Cam Thomas, and also we're gonna talk about Sangoon too, because Sangoon, that MFR was did a really good job. Like when people would front him in the post, like I loved he would spin to get open and do stuff. Anyway, I'm gonna save that for the next pod. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, but um I, I with- I'm not saying anything, but it, you're gonna have to calm <laughs> me down. You're gonna have to spray me down. I'm gonna have to take a cold shower before that that episode. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, But Cam Thomas, I felt the same way. This guy, as much as he was zealous to, like, get his shot up and, like, figure things out with the ball in his hands, I loved how hard he worked. And, like, it's a work rate, right? Like, it's something that we talk a lot about in soccer. Um, You know, when I was running the soccer pod a couple months back, like the, the work rate off the ball is something that is so important, right? The, the, the effort, the energy, the desire to work and to get open, to go over screens, to uh, so, sorry, to go through screens and to get yourself in a good position. Also, we have to mention Cam Thomas was a great catch and shoot shooter. And so for me, when I talk about Cam yes. Thomas, like, Dude, his his energy to get open, to to do to you know to take easy shots well and to hit them like I love him. I, I really do. Like, God damn it! Every time we talk about a prospect, prospect by the end of it, I'm like absolutely in love with them. But um, I had that in my notes. I think he works really really hard off the ball. And so to answer your question, like that's the reason why he's the embodiment of a bucket. He could do it on ball, off ball, and he does a great job at both. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that that's a big part of his game because if he can consistently be a guy that could play with other on-ball players, then that does so much for his potential um, at the NBA. And the fact that he is a good spot-up shooter and even a, a great one potentially, like now you're looking, if he plays on and off ball, he's going to be a legit problem for defenses, uh, especially if he's not one of your, you know, two best players, uh, you know, on his rookie contract, if, if he goes to a team that has actual weapons um, and he's just another guy that you could throw at teams trying to compete, he's a guy that like eventually you're going to kind of have to game plan for. And then it, it just becomes like back to the passing. Like once he starts seeing game plans at the NBA level, is he going to be able to take advantage of that? Um, and not just like, throw up this junk that teams are inevitably going to want to force him into because he will, he will do that. Um, let's shift over to, to defense. Tell me about cams defense and, and your likes and your dislikes and the good and the bad and the ugly. Okay. So from what I have in my notes, um, it, not much to write home about 
is um you, you know my overall feeling with Cam. He's not. We're not looking at Cam to be okay. So last week we did Josh Christopher. He's not Josh Christopher on the defensive end. That's so clear no. and so apparent. Um, he's not Jaden Springer. I have to throw in Jaden Springer because I love Jaden Springer. And Corey, I do want to say you're saying he's the most overrated prospect Jayden on Springer's Twitter. A very good, he's a very good defender. But I will say I was really early on Springer. You know, people are jumping in now and they're trying to make all this noise. I've been I've been really early on Springer, so that's fine, whatever. Um, but Cam Thomas, look when if you're look, I'm, if you're writing is if I mm, go ahead. I, all I'm saying is if, if if I have if I'm gonna get shit for having Davion Mitchell at five, I'm gonna give people shit for having Jaden Springer up there as well. That's all I'm saying. No, I. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I, 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 I 1 trillion percent agree with that one because you and I were, we're on the same page with Davion. I, I, every damn mock draft, I'm taking Davion at seven to the Gold, Golden State Warriors. So uh, that's how I feel <laughs> about Davion. It's so perfect. <laughs> but okay, so if we are writing a scouting report on Cam Thomas and we did like a percentage of what it looks like on the scouting report, we're getting 90% of his scouting report on offense, 10% on defense. And that's kind of, what we're talking about here with Cam Thomas, I think he has moments. I don't think he's a turnstile. I didn't see that at all. I didn't think he was like some absolutely terrible defender. Um, once again, you you mentioned we haven't seen any measurements on his wingspan, but I, you know, I, I think it shows sometimes. Like I didn't think he had dinosaur arms. Um, maybe I'm wrong. No, on that. I don't think so. Yeah. So you know, once again, like it, we're not. We don't have like a trillion different takes on his defense because also like. You mentioned he averaged 23 points a game in college. He was putting up shots left and right. I, I think it really could have been a matter of him not having the same energy on the defensive side. But I do want to say nothing from what I saw was like disgusting or like this guy can't guard on the NBA level. I think it, it is a matter of fact of him having to work on it, having to clean it up, having to be better on ball, off ball, um, just kind of holistically. I think he needs to become a better defender. But once again, he's not a nightmare. He's not a turnstile. And that's just kind of how I feel about Cam. And I just walked away thinking like so much more about his offense that it kind of just covered over the defense for me. Yeah. And, you know, with any high, you know, big time, high level scorer, if you're bringing real value on that end, you could live with a guy who isn't necessarily the the greatest defender in the league. Uh, right. But yeah, you know, I agree. He moves well laterally, you know, when he's in his stance and and he's actually putting the effort in on that end, like he'll defend, right? He's not going to get blown by when he's giving effort. You know, he's got pretty good anticipation on uh, shot contests off ball. You know, it's, it's all effort. He gambles a little bit. Uh, he bites on pump fakes, stuff like that. But uh, especially when he's closing out like in hell, but Again, it's it's all going to come down to the effort and him wanting to put the effort in on on that end more than anything else. It's not like his physical tools aren't there, but you know, you, we we talked about like how you want players that are going to be able to play in the fourth quarter of a playoff series, and obviously he has the scoring capability to do that. But we've seen that teams for for guys who don't defend or can't defend, we see them. In that we see in the playoffs, teams try to pick on those kind of players, you know, and and uh, conversely, uh, off the offensive team uh, or the you know the other team tries to hide those guys on defense, and and in the regular season that works a lot, 
in the playoffs, that's where you start seeing, you know, the let's run screen, get these guys in ball screens every time. And now you got to worry about pre-switching and all these different kinds of things to help it out. But I think it's all going to come down to the effort uh, he puts out on that end. And if he could just kind of be mediocre on that end, then I think he'll get a little bit more leash on offense to trying to be who he is. But I I'm hoping that he goes to a team that lets him be who he is. You know, that's, that's big for, for any player. If there's nothing else you want to say about his defense, cause I, I think it's pretty cut and dry for him defensively. Well, I, I just want to piggyback and off of what means- you said. So, um, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned guys that are getting played off the floor. Like, we look at like a Luke Kennard for the Clippers, right? Whenever Kennard comes into the game, they're just hunting the hell out of Kennard. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, and I don't mean to just talk about white guys here, um, but even like a Gallinari on the Hawks, like Gallinari would come in and they, they, at times it, it looks like they're going after him. But the difference I think with Gallinari and Kennard, not that Kennard's not trying, but Gallinari really tries. Like that's something that I really loved about Gallinari in the last yeah. couple of games for the Hawks. Like he'll like match up with Giannis and be like, "Dude, like chill out. Like I'm gonna poke the ball from you here. I'm gonna stay with you on the spin drive on the on the spin move." And so, like I, I think that's exactly what you're talking about, right? I think it's a matter of the effort rather than like the 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 ability or the capability. So a guy like Kennard, like you just wish he'd try it a l- little bit harder defensively because what he offers the Clippers with his shooting and the reason why I was kind of high on Kennard signing with the Clippers last year was because I thought he was he he did some stuff as a, as a secondary ball handler and I thought like, you know, people would talk about like, oh, how do you give him four for 64? It's like, eh, it's, you know, it's kind of the going rate for a guy like that. But anyway, um, I, I don't hate his defense ultimately with Cam Thomas. Um, I think he's going to do enough, especially if he's not the number one option like he was at LSU. I think there's more potential there for him to be a little bit better, more locked in, have a little bit more energy for the defensive end. And I, I just don't think he's going to be played off the floor like that is how I feel. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, there's obviously physical limitations say a lot about what you're capable of on that end. And, Cam is a pretty smooth mover, so I don't think he's going to be a guy that teams can hunt consistently because if they're doing that and it's working, it means that he's just not trying, and that's a whole different conversation, right? Um, so you know what ta- you know what that means now that we're done with the defense. It means that it's time for Sell Me This Pen. I wish that we had our guy Simon, Hawks draft nerd, to help out. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to do it. Do uh do him justice here. Albert, mm-hmm. sell me this pen on Cam Thomas. All right, here we go. So I was watching a TikTok video of um, the real Jordan Belfort, right? The real Wolf of Wall Street. And he was talking about the yeah. whole sell me this pen thing. And he was like, selling, sell, sell me this pen. When you ask that question, or when you tell someone to do that, you're telling a salesman not to actually sell the pen, but to ask questions and to find out what the consumer needs. And I was like, yes. oh, okay, that's good. So for us Correct. here with Cam Thomas, the question is, NBA team, what the hell do you need? Are you a team that needs a scorer? Are you a team that needs a shot creator? Are you a team that needs a guy who can shoot 88 to 90% from the free throw line? Are you a team that needs you know someone to come off the bench and create for you when your starters need a little break? Are you a guy, are you a team that needs a young talent who can eventually develop into a number one scoring option? If you're any of those. If you need any of the things that I just brought up, 
you should be drafting Cam Thomas because Cam Thomas, as we've mentioned, is a bona fide scorer. He's a three-level scorer. He can do it all. Um, offensively, in terms of his passing, we think that there's a little bit potential there for him to get better. Not that he's ever going to be LaMelo Ball, um, but he will improve on that. I think defensively, he'll be there. Ultimately, if you need a guy who can play in the fourth quarter of a Game 7 in the NBA playoffs and you need a guy who can score for you in those situations, then you draft Cam Thomas and you feel good about it, is uh, my sell you this pen. I love it. And uh, his last game of the season, he dropped 30 on on Michigan. So, you know, he's he's not afraid big to boy. play in those big moments, right? Uh, everyone, we're, we're giving you business tips here on the podcast. We're giving you hoops information. This is what the draft deck is all about. <laughs> so, so Albert, if you're buying stock in cam, who may you have bought stock in previously? Okay. Okay. This is a good one for me. Um, this is definitely Nick's bias. Uh, but when I was watching him play, uh, I felt a little bit of Jamal Crawford to him. Um, I, I think Jamal famously never worked on his shooting. Um, and never became like a, an elite level shooter. But for me, I, I see Cam Thomas and like, think about the sauce that Jamal Crawford had. No one yep. can forget his move against the Utah Jazz, the stuff he did against the Bulls. Um, also, I mean, you, you being a Bulls fan, Corey, you remember him in his early years with the Bulls and, you know, he, he showed flashes there and then came to the Knicks and put up 50 against the Heat. Like Jamal Crawford was that guy, right? He was a guy who could start for you um, and, put up big numbers now albeit he didn't do it for uh great Knicks, Knicks teams but eventually he moved on became a six man of the year winner you know multiple times did it for the Hawks did it for the Clippers did it for so many teams you know and so for me he reminded me a little bit of Jamal Crawford because Crawford was a guy who could get his shot against almost anybody uh you see you saw him do it in the NBA you saw him do it at his pro-ams in Seattle against uh random guys uh, on a, on a yeah. private court Crawford at I don't even know how old Crawford is now, but even at this age, that he's probably what forty something, forty five now, can still get a bucket whenever the hell he wants, and that's exactly how I feel about Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is going to be a better shooting Jamal Crawford at the very least is where I'm at. Like his floor, I think, will be a better shooting Jamal Crawford, um, but then Crawford really struggles defensively, so uh, I don't know about that. But anyway. Um, he reminded me a little bit of Crawford in that way. And I think he could eventually become even better than our, our Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford was my favorite player for a long time until we drafted Kirk Heinrich. Um, <laughs> I used to stay, I used to stay up, you know, not having a uh, league pass available early on. And, you know, when he was on the bulls and being in, in New York, not getting to watch bulls games much because they were terrible and not on national team v all that much really the only times i got to watch them were on msg or yes network when they were playing the nets or the knicks and a lot of times like you know you're in high school you're doing you're like you have basketball practice basketball games all this other all these other activities and i used to stay up to watch like the msg replay like uh middle of the night just to yeah like just to just to see jamal play on that team because uh for the bulls. I, I used to love Jamal Crawford, man. Uh, yeah. I like low end for me was, I, you know, kind of like Lou Williams, like Lou Williams is a guy that, you know, he's had his struggles in, in the playoffs. I, I don't think that's um, a secret by any means, but like he's pretty much as good as it gets as far as like what you're expecting 
from a, a six man scorer type. Right. And, uh, you know, anybody who I think low end has the talent to be a Lou Williams, you know, uh, that's a pretty high, high floor. Um, now Lou Williams, is one of the greatest ever multiple six man of the year award winners. So to say that's a floor is, you know, not the best. Um, but that's because I think because of his shot making and the degree of difficulty to the shot making, like, uh, again, like, ah, and I think Booker has more bounce, but like the smoothness and the shot making ability and Booker is probably a little bit taller too. Like, so there's some size discrepancies, but like he has a lot of Devin Booker. So like if he could be like a poor man's Devin Booker as a, as a high end option. And when I say poor man's, I don't, I just mean like, you know, a little, he just doesn't have the same physical tools. So a, a lesser version, but, um, so maybe not a number one necessarily, although Booker looks like he could be a number one option on a finals team, potentially, um, given the right players around him. But if he could be like whatever the number two version of Devin Booker looks, I feel like that's, that could be his high end just because he can get to the line. He could hit threes. He could hit step backs. He could, you know, match you up at the, at the elbow in the mid post and just do all these crafty things. And Devin Booker, when I think of him, although he has thrown down some, pretty impressive dunks to me it's it's the skill level it's the craft right that's the thing that that you love about watching Devin Booker everybody says he's so smooth and you know he's so skilled and I think that Cam has a lot of similarities he's just a little bit shorter I think and doesn't have quite the bounce um but you know you you talk a lot of this stuff out loud and even with a lot of the negatives to to Cam's game when you think of it less in a college context and more in an NBA context where scoring is at a premium, you know, I think his upside is just higher than we give it credit for. Uh, you know, we're, co- we're currently doing um, a mock draft with Mavs draft with where we each get to be, uh, you know, the owner of a, uh, or the GM of an NBA team. And uh, he just went 37th in this draft. Like that's absurd. I think. You know, like he has like a skill that's going to translate in the NBA, like and one of the most coveted skills. Um, now, this is a silly Twitter mock draft, but I think it just goes to show like what the discourse on him on the Internet is versus perceived value, which we think he got a promise somewhere probably higher up in the first round because, um, you know, I, I doubt he would pull out necessarily somewhere later in in the first round so it's probably around where his his stock average is but at, at 22 but even that to me the more i talk it out seems like he should be closer to the lottery than mm-hmm. than to 20 um but there's a lot of talented guys in this draft there really are Except, so it's uh, it's it's a hard it's a hard exercise because then you you got to bump other guys down and you go through and you're like well who am i bumping down for him definitely mm-hmm. kai jones Definitely. Oh my God, dude, Corey, I, I want to say, um, you know, a, a bunch of the guys in that in, in that mock draft gave me crap for Tim Davy on seventh to the Warriors, and then I took yeah. Sangoon at fourteen. Um, and my thing is, people are giving me crap about that, and then yet they let Cam Thomas drop to thirty-seven. Like, I agree with you. Yeah. That's absurd to me. Like, I can't wrap my head around it. And I, I think it's interesting. Something. Uh, one last thing that I did want to mention about Cam's game. Uh, that reminded me of Jamal. Jamal Crawford, when he was on the Knicks and on other teams too, he was a guy like in the fourth quarter when things were tight, 
you could trust Jamal to go and get a, a shot, you know? And he was a guy that you kind of depended on to create yeah. shots and to take shots at the end of games. And you're kind of getting that with Cam Thomas. Like, as you mentioned, he showed it in the tournament. He showed it all season long. This is a, a guy who is not... Not only was he not afraid of the moment, but he enjoyed the moment. He enjoyed the pressure. He enjoyed the burden of carrying his team. And that's a, that's a really, let, let's call it for what it is. That's a star quality. You want that from your star players, yeah. from your best players. And Cam has that. And so um, I'm with you, dude. I think the more we talk about it, like, as you mentioned, somebody, man, I, I don't even, but Kai went way too high in that draft that we're doing right now. And I was pretty shocked by that one. Um, and I know like in that draft, um, I think Chris LeBron, right. He was the one drafting for the Knicks. I know he took Cooper with 19, which I don't hate because, you know, I, I think you love, I love it. Sharif. I, I like Sharif too, I love Sharif. but at the same time, I wouldn't have hated if he took cam there at 19, like that, that, you know, cam at 19 with Isaiah Jackson at 21, that that's, that's really bolstering a pretty, you know, a fun Knicks team. And so I, I'm with you, dude, cam. Well, who knows? Maybe he does go in the lottery. Maybe that's the promise that he got. Maybe, maybe the Spurs hit him up and we're like, hey, we're just gonna take you at 12. You know, maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe the Warriors are like, hey, we'll take you at 14. Uh, yeah. So it could be interesting. Cam, Cam Thomas, classic Spurs guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh Cam's interesting, man. He's polarizing. It's gonna be fun to see where he lands. And uh it's going to be fun to see how he projects going forward because he's, I think one of the guys in this draft that can make a lot of teams look really silly for passing on his skill set. So uh, are you buying or are you selling him? God, I'm buying all the way, dude. I'm buying all the way. He's got too much there, too much to build upon too dynamic. I, yeah, I'm a Cam Thomas guy. I was the one who asked you to do this pod anyway. So I freaking love Cam. Yeah, you were. And yeah, yeah. So yep. I'm buying all his stock. I'm in. Yeah. I'm buying at 22. I'm buying a lot. I'm buying a lot of shares. I'm putting, um, I'm, I'm giving a, a, a good amount of my portfolio to Cam at, at a, a stock price of 22. I think that's going to do it for uh, the Cam Thomas episode of the draft deck NBA draft podcast. Um, Albert, tell the, uh, the fine folks where they could find you. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, wherever at Alberto Gim, uh, the toe with the T O E. That's where you find me. I don't, you know, I realize I'm not super active on social media. I like to retweet people a lot. Does that make me lazy? I don't know. I am what I am. Is that Popeye? Maybe it is. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's where you'll find me. And um, yeah, it's pretty much it. And uh, you can find me on the internet at the Hardwood Mag. Um, follow the YouTube. I'm dropping the film sessions and clips from the show. Uh, we, uh, I just hit over 3,000 subscribers. About to hit. Let's go. Draft time. Things fly. Um, thank you for everybody who has subscribed there. Please. Please make sure to, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, share it with your friends and your family so they're prepared for the draft. It's draft season, officially. And um, and rate it and leave a review if you have time. Have some fun with it. Say something nice or say something mean. Whatever. You know, if you like it, great. If not, we're, tr- we're going to try to do better next time. Um, so, uh, yeah, just... Uh, Thank you for uh, hanging with us again, uh, and uh, we're coming back 
with uh, Alperin Shangun and uh, Albert. I released my film sesh on Shangun uh, recently. It's doing really well, but I got to let you know because I already received some some flames on YouTube. We got to nail these pronunciations. I'm I'm working on the team name. Besiktas. 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 Yeah. Besiktas. Because I fucked that up apparently on uh, <laughs> on the film session. Uh, I heard about it from uh, our Turkish fans, so uh, we don't want to bum them out uh, for an hour. So we gotta we gotta work on some pronunciations <laughs> for mm-hmm. uh, Alperin Şengün. And uh, until then, guys, we'll see you in a couple of days. Um, we're doing at least two episodes a week coming to the draft, maybe more. So get ready for all of the content coming your way from the draft deck. Uh, until next time, peace. Peace.